The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the Napsack Files Studios in Studio City, California, this is episode 19 of Spotlight Star Wars. I'm your host, Ken Napsack, talking about Star Wars. And what do I always say? Or at least what, I, what have I been saying for the last year since I've been involved in, dare I say, what's called the Star Wars media. I've been saying, what a great time to be a Star Wars fan. The show coming to you a little bit later today on a Saturday and into Sunday because I had to wait to see what broke from Disney's D23 2015 Expo. I did not attend this year. I had to stay home and do some work for Screen Junkies. We've got a big live movie fight show coming up on uh, Sunday, if you're listening to this now, on Saturday. Um, but if, if you're on Monday or beyond, it was a great fight on Sunday. So I had to stay home, do some work, and kind of monitor D23 from afar. I was at the D23 Expo in 2013, and Disney does know how to put on a convention. You would imagine that they would, uh, because they do a very good job, whether you like Disney or not. And Disney sometimes is a controversial uh, name to bring up around people. I know some people that cannot stand Disneyland, cannot stand Disney as a film company, as a as a um, TV producing company. Anything about Disney chaps their hide. And I got people I know who are those obsessed Disney fans, uh, almost to the extreme degree. I come uh, come in somewhere in the middle. I love what they do. I love a good trip to Disneyland, and I love what they're doing with Marvel uh, Studios, and I, I like what they're doing so far with Lucasfilm. They're making it fun to be a Star Wars fan. Overwhelming at times to be a Star Wars fan, to be sure. But is that a bad thing now? I saw Mark Riley of Schmoes No tweet today. It's only August and I've got Star Wars fatigue. Kidding. I'm going to name my son Luke Skywalker right now. Not that he has a son on the way. I'm paraphrasing his tweet. Um, and I couldn't agree more. Is there a possibility down the line that there could be a Star Wars malaise? I absolutely believe it. I've said it before. I'll say it here now. There could be a time in two, three, four, maybe five years. 2020, where we're going much like we are now with Marvel movies, where you look back to Iron Man, when it kind of this phase of the, the Marvel Studios big picture kind of started, and you go, wow, that, that was a sweeter, different time with not a superhero movie every, every weekend. Could that happen with Star Wars? Yes. But here's one thing I'll say is different. It's no secret, I've said elsewhere, that I'm not a giant fan of superhero movies, superhero comics, or superhero stories. Doesn't mean I don't like them on some individual basis. It does not mean that I didn't love the Christopher Nolan Batman series, which I did. Uh, I enjoyed the Tim Burton Batmans. I enjoy uh, the good stories. It's all about the execution. But for me... Again, underlining, for me, the superhero genre can sometimes be uh, cookie-cutter storytelling. It's the superhero who's going to have an orange, and he's going to come over, overcome some kind of obstacles, some kind of sadness, some kind of um, obstacle in his way to overcome the bad guy. And he's got to win because he's a superhero. Now, I get in comics, the stories are drawn out a little bit longer, and you can have some twists and turns and some deaths and some costume changes and all that stuff. But when you're doing the Marvel movies, which, by the way, again, they do tremendously well, 
those Marvel Studios guys and gals. Uh, should be more gals. Uh, they do those movies so damn well. I get it. I just can find myself a little bit bored. I can find myself a little bit overwhelmed by the constant stream of Marvel movies about people in capes and costumes who do super things. Could that happen with Star Wars? No. All that to say this. With Star Wars, you're going to get different stories. They're guaranteed. Guess what? I believe in my heart that Han Solo is going to die in Episode 7. That's not a fact. I haven't read any spoilers. Come back to spoilers later. But I believe it's going to happen. I believe we will not see Han Solo, at least uh, in humanoid form, in Episode 8. We'll see Han Solo in the standalone Legacy picture, the anthology film coming out in 2018. But Han Solo, as portrayed by Harrison Ford, I believe, will be gone by the end of Episode 7. That is not something that can always happen in a superhero movie. Yes, I know Cap, Cap might die soon. Thor might change. Contracts to those actors will run out eventually. I get that. But just talking about pure story, you can give me an anthology picture from Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars universe that will be entirely different. Maybe the bad guys win in that one. Maybe we're going to get some anthology pictures down the line of how the Empire took over. We're getting some of that stuff in the stories, in the books, in the comics. Maybe we see a dark ending. We don't know how the Han Solo picture will end. Does it end happy? I'm assuming it will. By the way, one of the stories to kind of come out of this weekend is that the Han Solo anthology film set for 2018 with Lord and Miller directing uh, will be kind of an action buddy funny comedy. Not a straight comedy, of course. It'll be Star Wars. But it will have those kind of elements. And I couldn't be more happier to hear that. Lord and Miller have done a great job. I'm a particular big fan of The Last Man on Earth starring my friend and and colleague Will Forte. Wink, wink. Um, I I love what those guys do. The world loves what they did with the Lego movie. So if it's a young Han picture and you're going to get me maybe a young Han and maybe a younger Lando and some ventures and some swashbuckling and some scoundrelisms... Uh, and some scoundreline, I absolutely want it to be funny. I absolutely want it to have some hero, and I'd love it to be kind of a buddy adventure film. I could get that. I don't need a dark Han Solo origin story. Do you want that? I don't want that. I want a fun Han Solo movie. I'm down for that. I'm down for that, said the old man with a gray beard. D23, I was there 2013. I think I was starting that conversation thread a little while ago, wasn't I? I love getting off on tangents here in Spotlight Star Wars. And thank you so much for following along on my journeys here in Spotlight Star Wars on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. I swear on my life, there will be more Knapsack Files episodes and some shorter versions of working on some formats to have some kind of shorter versions of the Knapsack Files for you to listen to as well that won't be about Star Wars and Game of Thrones and all those fantasy stuff. Maybe a little bit. Maybe, 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 maybe. Um... D23, I was there in 2013. It was a great convention. A little disappointing. We didn't have that much Star Wars stuff to learn at the time. Uh, They had to kind of keep it under wraps. They were still working on it. The Michael Arndt controversy was still kind of uh, wrapping up. Uh, They hadn't fully uh, executed their plan for this new connected Star Wars universe. So instead, we got Disney Nature's Bears. Neat. So I didn't go to the D23 Expo this time, but I knew there was going to be some big Star Wars news. Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis of Schmoes Know, along with Cobster, the associate producer of the Schmoes Know movie show, were there. And they did a great job covering 
D23. I was glued to their Twitter feed all day. And let's dive into the Star Wars D23 news. Where to begin? Rogue One. Now called Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I don't know if I like that full title. I like Rogue One, the title. I like Rogue One, the concept. I like Rogue One, the film that it's going to be. But to call it Rogue One. A Star Wars story. I don't know if I like that, but that's what it is. It looks nice. We saw some leaked pictures the other day. Again, I'm going to come back to leaks and spoilers on this episode, Um, but um, I did get a peek of some of the leaks from the Rogue One set. Nothing that would change my life or or ruin the plot. Some old stormtroopers, actors with their helmets off on set. It actually looks cool. It actually got me excited. Again, I'm not against... Well, I'm against spoilers overall, but for Rogue One, I'm a little more interested to dive in. But they announced a little bit more of the cast, and they released the first official, underline, underline, official photo from Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And I'm looking at it now. If you're near a computer, look at it yourself. If you're driving, pull over. Stop driving and go to your phone. And while I'm talking to you, look up the Rogue One cast photo. It features Riz Ahmed, Diego Luna, star Felicity Jones, uh, Jiag Wen, I'm probably not saying that right, and uh, Wen and Donnie Yen uh, in the thing. And um, first of all, let's talk about what's quite obvious about this picture, the diversity of it. Now, there's only one female in it, but here's an interesting fact. And I said this when The Force Awakens announced their cast a couple years ago now, and the controversy of no females in it erupted. I always said if they had just simply announced Daisy Ridley and John Boyega as the stars of Star Wars The Force Awakens, there would not have been as much as a controversy. Now, the controversy created uh, not a bad thing because it maybe med- led to some solutions. It probably, maybe, quite possibly led to Gwendolyn Christie being inserted into the movie for a role originally intended for a man. So all that happens, not a bad thing. But I, I always thought that if you're the first image you saw of The Force Awakens cast was Daisy Ridley, and then the next one was John Boyega, you would have been, oh, look at this, a young lady. Man of color in the Star Wars universe, we can get behind this, we can support this, and you would have overlooked uh, the, the other diversity issues. But it didn't happen that way, and now here we are. We got the Rogue One cast. The first thing they announced was Felicity Jones a while ago, and everyone went, ha-ha! Well, guess what? The picture's out, and there's still only one woman in this cast. Still only one lead woman in this cast. Will they correct that? Will there be other characters? I'm sure. But in terms of ethnic origin diversity. This is the most diverse Star Wars cast, and it's a good thing. That jumps out to me only because it's something we're all clued in to. to, uh, We're all clued in, I should say. Clued in too. But it's not the first thing I actually think about when I look at this picture. When I look at this picture, I think we got ourselves some rebels. When I look at this picture with Felicity Jones, who looks really damn good, And I don't mean that in just a pure attractiveness level. She looks like a rebel who is fighting to get some Death Star plans. And these guys behind her look like a ragtag group of rebel operatives going out on a life or death mission. And Wen and Yen look great. And I like that. I like that there's kind of an Asian influence into this because... These, to me, inside the Star Wars universe are cultures and planets we haven't 
yet fully learned or maybe even seen it all. So as a fan, I'm now excited. I'm excited for this picture. I've said I am excited for a Rogue One once I heard the concept of it, first in rumor form, something we couldn't confirm or announce for a while on Schmoes, no. But once it got announced, I was all on board. And then the at the Star Wars Celebration, that little uh, mocked-up teaser trailer they put gave, gave me chills. It gives me chills now. Then the casting news. And then to see this picture. It looks like they are on Yavin 4, by the way. This looks like they are in the Rebel base, in the hangar. Does that not make you excited? If it doesn't, I'm sorry. Get on board with the excitement for Rogue One. This is a great concept. Simply put, as a Star Wars fan and a veteran Star Wars fan, I might add, I love that veteran ILM visual effects supervisor John Knoll came up with this story, in part, and that they went with it. It's a no-brainer for the first anthology. What happened? How do the Rebels steal those Death Star plans? And how do they get into the hands of the young princess from Alderaan? In the blockade runner at the beginning of New Hope, this movie is going to explain that. And it's a story I want to hear. And to see this shot, to see that they very much look, though not confirmed, to be in the Yavin 4 uh, Rebel base on the, in the temple there. That's exciting stuff. And Felicity Jones looks great as the lead in this picture. They added some people officially to the cast. We know Forrest Whitaker is in it. This plane is flying over me, and I love this plane, too. I'm excited. Uh, This is what happens when you tape on a hot 100-degree day in the valley. The doors are going to be open. You're all going to live through it. Forrest Whitaker, we know, is in the cast, and a uh, part I uh, don't fully know yet. Um, And confirmed now from Lucasfilm, it's on the Star Wars website, as uh, we know. Ben Mendelsohn, recently Emmy-nominated for his uh, leading role in Bloodline, a show I've not seen but heard great things about. Ben Mendelsohn is, in fact, in this movie. We always heard he was going to be cast as some sort of villain. Alan Tudyk, who is a staple of the 2000s and beyond comedy movie scene. He's been in a lot of things, plus Firefly as well. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of voices. He was in uh, Wreck-It Ralph, Frozen. Um, he, uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's also doing a voice, uh, two voices actually, in upcoming Disney uh, animated films, uh, Moana and Zootopia, both announced at D23 as well. He's, uh, he's come a long way from uh, just kind of being that comedy guy in the background, dodgeball as the pirate guy, as the swarmy E-executive and uh, knocked up in that classic scene with Kristen Wiig and uh, Catherine Heigl about losing 10 pounds. Um, he's in this in an unspecified performance capture character. Interesting. And uh, Mads Michelson. Uh, who is uh, known probably for, uh, at this point, I'd say Hannibal, the well-received cult TV show that just was recently uh, canceled, I believe. And I know him best as uh, one of the main villains in 2006, Casino Royale, which uh, is my favorite Bond movie. And uh, he, of course, uh, played Le Chief, the man who bled from his eyes. And he is now officially in Rogue One. That excites me. There's a lot of excitement. I'm sorry. I guess sometimes people would like me to be, uh, um, you know, what should I say? Uh, Maybe I should be more critical 
Maybe I shouldn't bathe myself in the joy of Star Wars, but if you know me from Jedi Alliance, show I co-created with Maude Garrett that is now in the capable hands of Joseph Scrimshaw and Mark Donica, that show is a celebration of the greatest saga ever told. And I want to celebrate Rogue One. I am... I don't want to say more excited for this than The Force Awakens. That just wouldn't be true. But by saying I would almost say that, I think you can... Uh, I think you can see how much I love Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Other news to come out. Uh, let's go with some of the minor stuff. As long thought, Drew Struzan is doing the poster for Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. He, of course, did all the posters f- for the prequels. And you know what? They are some of the best things of the prequels. He also did all the special edition posters for the original trilogy, which are very good. He also did the Revenge of the Sith teaser trailer, I believe. The big kind of red one, Vader's helmet, and the Luke and Vader fighting. Lightsabers out. And uh, he did some alternate stuff uh, in uh, New Hope, the one that's the most like old swashbuckling serial type of poster. Um, didn't do the classic Empire poster, didn't do the Jedi main one, may have had some hand in it, I was looking up some of the stuff earlier today, but the first official, uh, Drew Struzan poster is out, and, um, you know what, uh, I, I like it, uh, it's, it's hard not to like it, I'm sorry, I guess I should be more critical day today, I'm not, I'm excited about all this Star Wars stuff, it features Finn and Rey, uh, Kylo Ren, and then Han Solo with the classic Han Solo blaster out. Uh, no shock that they were going to include that um, uh, blaster from Han, um, but to see it, to actually see it, gosh, nerd chill factor is pretty high, don't you think? Don't you think? It's just you kind of, <laughs> it just makes me excited for what we're about to see, man. And uh, trying to... I'm looking up the poster now uh, online here. Excuse my typing as I do this here. Um, but it is... There it is. I'm going to bask in you Again, if you're driving, pull over and look up this poster yourself. It's got Kylo Ren in the background with the uh, cross guard lightsaber. It's got some TIE fighters. And Boyega... Oh, by the way, it should be noted is holding a lightsaber that looks very similar to a lightsaber we might have seen before in the Star Wars universe. I believe, without a doubt, that that is Anakin come Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. The classic blue. He's holding it. He has it. He looks good doing it. Front and center on the poster is Daisy Ridley as Rey, as her character is currently named, with that controversial pike stick that looks very similar to something that Darth Plagueis might have had. We don't know if that's confirmed or if it's anything about that. She looks solid. She looks good. Hoping that's a solo kid, I believe we all think it is. And then you got uh, a moisture evaporator. You got what almost looks like the, uh, the steps on Bespin. Cloud City uh, during the uh, freezing chamber or a little bit of a scene or a carbonite scene or, or a little bit of maybe even the Emperor's throne room scene. It's got that kind of classic uh, design. And then you got Han, man. You got Han. You know, there was a point in time where we all could have thought, man, do we want to see an old Han? Do we want to see an old Luke? Do we want to see an old Leia? 
the stuff we've seen so far, and unfortunately some of the stuff was leaked directly to me. I, would, I didn't want to see the full shot of Luke Skywalker in his Jedi robe. I've seen enough. I've seen Mark Hamill's beard. It got me excited. But because Disney and, and J.J. and Lucasfilm seem to have been doing such a um, intentional uh, thing by, by, by not letting us see anything of Luke Skywalker yet, we haven't seen Luke Skywalker other than what we think might be his hand. Think. Underline think. We've seen Solo. We've seen Chewie. We've seen R2 and 3PO now. And finally, thanks to some of the behind-the-scenes footage we released at uh, Comic-Con, uh, we, we actually saw Leia as well. All looked great. Um, but uh, they're very much keeping Luke's secret. So I didn't want to see it. But I saw it. It was tweeted directly, directly to me. You know, and he looks good. All that looks good. But Han, old Han, maybe it's because we had a little bit of problems with old Indiana Jones. I don't know. There was a little bit of nervousness going in. Not no more, Billy. Not no more, Billy. Han Solo, a.k.a. Harrison Ford, looks spectacular. I love the design. I love the jacket. I love his hair. I wish I had old gray hair to grow out. I'm going to be bald by the time I'm Han's age. Um, but that blaster... Gosh, that looks good. X-Wing's also in the background, too. This is a great poster. Cannot wait to hang it in my bedroom like some kind of 14-year-old. What do you think about the poster? Hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Spotlight Star Wars. That is the hashtag. Join the conversation after this episode. But we are not done. We are not done. Colin Trevorrow is set to direct Episode 9. This will follow J.J.'s work in Episode 7, Ryan Johnson's work in Episode 8. Trevorrow, fresh off the success with Jurassic World, no matter what you actually specifically thought about the movie, the movie was an absolute success. The movie was done well. The movie came in uh, presumably under budget. Uh, there was no set drama. There's a reason Trevorrow was able to man that movie into a big worldwide take. It now lands Star Wars. Directing, I believe, on this scale is clearly, just ask the Trank doubters or the Trank conspiracy theorists, directing a major motion picture for a major motion picture studio is not just about artistic vision. It is how well can you be a project manager? How well can you answer to those above? And how well can you treat those below? And how well can you steer the entire ship? Directing is a CEO type of position when you get to this level. So the artistic vision that Trevorrow showed in Safety Not Guaranteed, a great movie, please check it out. But to see that, that was his artistic vision. That translates into Jurassic World. Again, whether you know you thought it was fluff and a stupid dinosaur picture, not worthy of continuing the franchise, or you thought it was a perfectly fun summer movie, or it was exactly what you wanted from your childhood of loving Jurassic Park, it doesn't matter. Trevorrow handled that movie well. He handled the demands well. People there. He worked with Spielberg on it. Spielberg had something to do overseeing a little bit of this movie at some point during the process. You got to think Spielberg told his friend Kathleen Kennedy and his protege J.J. Abrams, this Colin guy has it. He knows how to do it, and he's going to do it well. All right? Johnson knows how to do it on a smaller level. He's a little bit more the question mark to me. 
Um, uh, but I think he can handle it. He, he's handled big budget pictures. But Jurassic World to Star Wars makes sense. Did you want to see someone else in as a director? I absolutely agree with that. If you have another idea, that, that's fine. There's a lot of good directors out there. There's a lot of great up-and-coming directors out there. But you have to keep in mind this is a big business. It's not just a movie. And I'm not talking about Hollywood in general. I'm talking about Episode 7, Episode 8, and Episode 9. The anthology films, yes, they are, but they're standalone films. All right? If Rogue One fails completely... It's not going to affect the Star Wars saga as a whole. It can be written off a little easier. And Gareth Edwards, I don't think Gareth Edwards is going to drop the ball on this one. I think everything so far is looking great, as you can tell. But I go back to the Clone Wars movie, which was released in theaters as a movie. How many of you remember that? It wasn't that good. The Clone Wars series uh, far exceeded what that movie was, which was really just like the first four episodes of the series. The first half was pretty good. The last half, not so much. It was in theaters, though. It's kind of officially a Star Wars movie. It didn't do well. It shouldn't have been in the theaters. But you know what? Not a lot of people remember that. Not a lot of people care. I will think more people will care should Rogue One fail. But it won't affect things as a whole. There's more pressure on Ep 7, Ep 8, and Ep 9. That is why Trevorrow was in, and I fully think this is a wise decision on the part of Lucasfilm and uh, everyone at Disney. Uh, just trust them. Just trust them if you're an naysayer. I understand it, but trust it. And don't think that Trevorrow's going to come in and, and do the same type of thing with Jurassic World if there's some things in that movie you didn't like. He's not going to do it. That, that has a different set of expectations. It was more of a summer movie. It was a continuation of a franchise that is supposed to be fun and kind of big, literally and figuratively. And Trevor definitely delivered on that, I believe. Um, I think he'll do fine with episode nine. I love the rumors of Benicio Del Toro sliding in to a villain role in episode eight. I'm always a little wary on actors too well-known, taking over new roles in Star Wars. Uh, Rogue One casting so far, the most known person, I actually think, is Forrest Whitaker. Felicity Jones, yes, you could argue. She just, uh, in theory of everything, uh, all that kind of stuff, she kind of came under the, the spotlight. But I think in terms of the general public, Forrest Whitaker is going to be one that people are going to go, oh, I, I've seen that guy before. I know what he's from. or I can't remember him, but I know him. But most of the people... Not so much household names. But Issa del Toro, a little bit more household. Um, my parents don't know him, but uh, they could probably recognize him. But uh, del Toro is the more established veteran actor, and if he's going to take over the role, I am fully confident it will be well. It could, it, I could see him as Sith. I don't need him to be Sith. I don't need all, every Star Wars villain to be Sith. Curious about the Knights of Ren, by the way. Um... But um, I'm behind that. What do you think? Are you are you for or against overly established or well-known actors in the Star Wars franchise? We saw what it did with the prequels. It didn't hit. Ewan McGregor, though, the best of the prequels, right? Mm-hmm. Natalie Portman, believe it or not, at the time, not as well-known as you would think or remember. We can color history with a little bit of rose tint when we look back. She was just kind of a little girl actress coming out of some uh, different movies. 
um, not known to the general public as much as we would like to think uh, now. Liam Neeson, the most known, and it wasn't his fault at all. Uh, Did it hurt it as much as uh, we think it did? I don't think the established actors in the prequels caused that much damage. I think it was just what they were asked to do or say that might have been the reason. So maybe the fear is irrational. Maybe the fear is uh, is unfounded. After all, Star Wars A New Hope did have Alec Guinness, Sir Alec Guinness, and Peter Cushing, relatively well-known to the film-going audience at the time. Guinness most known as the guy from Bridge River, River Kwai and, and, and Cushing as, as a horror classic horror actor. Uh, to see them in this weird space opera might have seemed out of place at the time. So it worked there. Uh, so it could work with Del Toro. But what I like about Del Toro, this isn't um, Chris Pratt in Star Wars. This isn't Bradley Cooper in Star Wars or, or Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise. None of that stuff. Uh, Benicio Del Toro is what I would consider a leading man character actor, but a character actor more than anything else. So I definitely think uh, he could uh, fit in well. He did well in his uh, small part in Guardians of the Galaxy. I think he'll fit in well into the Star Wars universe. Final D23 uh, news um, is the biggest, I think, by acreage, um, that is, finally, it had been rumored um, that Disney has been expanding Disneyland down in Anaheim, uh, most notably under uh, the rumor mill targets, uh, uh, because um, Disney was purchasing land in that area. Now, my grandparents live literally uh, right around the corner from Disneyland, and there's uh, not, a lot, not a lot of places that you you could think that they could add to Disneyland, but they were purchasing it. And I have not had a chance to log on and see the entire plan um, that we got going on here, um, where exactly I heard one thing come across the wire, that they're going to move downtown Disney uh, across on Harbor, I'll go over there, that seems... Uh, and like an exhausting prospect, um, but Disney's got the time and the money to do it. If they want to do it, they're going to do it, and they own that city, basically. Uh, Disney was denying things at first, uh, saying, no, no, we're just buying up this land for warehouses and, and parking. Well, guess what? That could very well be true. It's the things, the warehouses and parking that they have now, it looks like maybe that's moving to clear some space. Looks like Toontown's going away, and we are going to get what is being described as a 14-acre Star Wars-themed land. This is also going to be put into at Disney World. I don't know the Disney World setup uh, at all, quite frankly, as I do the Anaheim setup, having uh, grown up down here in Southern California and, again, having grandparents around the corner off of Harbor. Uh, I'm very familiar with the Disney area. Uh, they're going to get it done. Uh, they're going to you know, cram it in. I remember when California Adventure was being built. And uh, the front entrance to Disneyland that I loved so much as a kid, gone, taken away. A memory of that's faded away. But in the place we got a second theme park, and I actually like California Adventure. I'm one of those people. Um, So I'm excited. It's not going to be a separate theme park. It's going to be a land inside Disneyland. I know those prices, uh, ticket prices are going to go up, aren't they? Star Wars Land. It is supposed to be an all-encompassing world. It's supposed to be uh, filled with uh, a cantina, uh, a Millennium Falcon ride that you can fly the Falcon. You're going to be caught in the big battle between the First Order and the Resistance. And that uh, the cast members, 
which is, of course, what Disney calls their employees, the cast members are going to be in full costume. Oh, gee, aren't they going to love that four weeks into the job? Uh, Full costume for these uh, people. Uh, And you know what? I couldn't be more happy. This is long overdue. Since uh, Star Tours got put in into Tomorrowland back in the mid-'80s, and I was there about a month or so after that opened for that ride, the thought has always been, wouldn't it be cool if there was an entire Star Wars world theme park or land to go to and dreams do come true children don't give up on your dreams that is what we are finally getting star wars land and you know what i'm absolutely gonna pay whatever 200 dollar ticket price i'll probably have to pay to get in uh to get into that land what kind of ride do you want in star wars land there better be something with speeder bikes and I want, I'm talking I'm not like some virtual reality thing. I want to get on some damn bikes, and it can be connected to some kind of pole. I get it. And I want to speed along on my speeder bike. All right? If, if that doesn't happen, I quite frankly don't know if this whole Star Wars land was worth it. There needs to be a speeder bike ride. There has to be. It's cool that you can fly the Millennium Falcon, according to reports now, what Disney's announcing. A featured ride where you can control the Falcon. All right. Sounds cool. I'll live with that. But I better have the opportunity to straddle that speeder bike and race through the forest moon of Endor. That's the thing I want. What do you want at the Star Wars land? Hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Join the conversation. Conversation? Conversation. I was holding my chin while I was talking. Is this a weird episode or what? I'm just... I'm so excited. I'm trying to contain my excitement for Star Wars. But... It's such a good time to be a Star Wars fan, is it not? Entertainment Weekly, in our final story, not the E23-related, uh, but ED uh, Entertainment Weekly, excuse me, uh, released 12 official pictures, and I did look at them because they were official, though um, I look at them, I kind of squint. Here's how I look at pictures and deal with spoilers and leaks um, that are uh, uh, official, I should say, with one eye kind of closed and the other kind of squinting. And I kind of look at it and I think if it's something that I can digest that won't make me uh, feel like I've had the plot ruined, I'll continue to look. I'll open my eyes fully and I'll look at the picture. Um, I uh, loved everything about the 12 pictures released. Um, If you had to ask for my favorite one, I do have an answer. Here it is. It is the picture of Ray and a creature, uh, presumably on the planet Jakku, Kind of looks like a scavenger creature, and he's riding, uh, a, an alien is riding a creature, and the, even the creature has some kind of big metallic helmet, or maybe it's just kind of like a big robot constructed kind of creature. I don't know what's going on there, but she is taking BB 8 down, and BB 8's in a little mesh bag, and looks like she's almost untying BB 8, or maybe she's tying in BB 8, and she's going to travel on this creature. Of all the pictures, and there were some great pictures, the Kylo Ren stuff, the Knights of Ren, and the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I love the shot of Abrams and Kazden and all the stuff. I like that one with Rey and BB-8 and whatever that creature is behind her because it, to me, seems like it is a fully lived-in Star Wars universe. It is the picture that best shows me that what J.J. has put into this movie with the, the, the reliance on practical effects and, and the trying to expand the universe and tell a story, all those kind of things we've been hearing at conventions and press conferences and, and blogs and all this kind of stuff, you look at that picture and it seems real. 
It seems lived in. It seems like the Star Wars universe we always wanted to see expanded on the big screen. It is real to me. That It's still real to me, damn it. I love that picture. The Kylo Ren stuff is good, too. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I think they're hitting some home runs here. I know I question some stuff every once in a while, Captain Phasma being one of it, but by the way, that picture of Gwendolyn Christie all phasmaed up is amazing. I love it. General Hux looks good. Um, I know the article itself goes into some of the stories behind the names, and I got some tweets about maybe laying off my dislike of the name Captain Phasma. I'm trying, folks. Captain Phasma, still not the best name I think, despite J.J.'s reasoning, I get it, though. And, again, when I look at that pictures, or the pictures I've seen thus far, and the picture they released, it's good-looking character. And I'm so excited that we get to see Gwendolyn, uh, Gwendolyn Christie portraying this character. So, so far, I'm telling you, so far, Disney, Lucasfilm, Abrams, and the team behind The Force Awakens. I think almost going back to day one have been doing a spectacular job of preparing this movie, giving us tasty morsels, but keeping as much back as possible. Were there controversies along the way? Yes, I'd love to hear some of the stories down the line. I'd love a documentary on the making of The Force Awakens and all the drama with Michael Arndt that may or may not have been there. We don't know the whole story yet. He may have just written a draft and left. Um, Kasdan's involvement, Abrams, all that stuff. It's, it's got to be a great story. But they have done a great job trying to maintain the leaks. Surprisingly, there has been not as much as I thought. Again, I've kind of stayed back on that where I haven't actually actually, uh, checked every leak. So maybe it is as bad as as other movies. But it just seems like we, we could have got a lot more coming out and there hasn't been. Uh, maybe people are just afraid that Disney Lucasfilm will go down and shut you out and break your life in two if you show the wrong picture. I will say, though, uh, do me a favor. If you're listening to me and you're following me and you love what I do and I love you listening, you are the reason I'm here. And, uh, otherwise, I'm just a dude talking about Star Wars in his room to himself, which is, well, what I've been doing my whole life. Now I just turn on a microphone. But uh, do me a favor. I love interacting with you on Twitter. I love, uh, I love it. Uh, hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Hashtag the Knapsack Files. All that cool stuff. Just I ask this one thing. This favor. Do not tweet me directly with an attached picture of a leak. I don't care what it is. Concept art. Script. Scene leak. Uh, designs. Toy boxes, Denny's tie-in menus, um, cosplay of someone doing a leaked character concept design. I don't want any of that. For the love of all things holy, I do not want to see any of that. I will decide for myself what I want to look at. Uh, I don't have that many followers on Twitter that uh, I can uh, avoid or ignore my mentions. So when I see I get a mention, I'll click on it. And when I go to that mention, and it is a picture of Luke Skywalker in The Force Awakens, in a leaked picture, guess what? Now I've seen it without a choice involved. I don't get to decide for myself what I get to ch- see. Drives me a little crazy. Right? Am I wrong? 
if you want to look at it, I know some people have been looking at Star Wars leaks since the day they announced that this movie is going to be made. Godspeed. I think they're going to enjoy the movie just as much as I'll enjoy it in my own way. I know some people that have even shut down their social media sites to avoid any Star Wars spoilers. They're going to enjoy the movie in their own way as well. I'm somewhere in between because of my line of work. I, I have to see some of the stuff. I have to ask questions. I have to discuss some of the stuff. But just give me the opportunity to do it myself, to choose what I want to see. I will do the same for you when it comes to Twitter. What if I just tweeted you? A picture of, here's what the ending of The Force Awakens looks like. Here's the end scene. It's a shot. It's the final shot. It's it's uh, Han's casket. And Lando's a pallbearer. Surprise, surprise. They even got Wedge to secretly come in. Would you want that? No. You wouldn't want that, or at least you would like to have the choice to see it. Sorry to end the show on kind of a down note, but uh, that's something that was on my mind. Man, there's a lot to talk about breakdown. You're going to see a lot of stuff being broken down this next coming week on Jedi Alliance, Collider's Jedi Council, uh, maybe even some stuff over on Screen Junkies this week as well. And right now, for right now, this is my only um, path to discuss that stuff with you all. Uh, I'm not going on to any other show right now uh, in the Star Wars media fandom uh, arena. Uh, it's just you and me on Spotlight Star Wars on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. And uh, it is uh, the easiest show for me to do on my feed and right now the most fun for me to do on my podcast feed. It is me, a microphone, and you talking about Star Wars. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Ken Napsuck. You can hashtag the conversation Spotlight Star Wars. Tell me what you think about all this stuff. Tell me what you think about Colin Trevorrow. Tell me what you think about the Rogue One cast, the poster. What do you want to see in a Star Wars land? You can tell me all that, and I will interact with you just as long as you don't have one of those damn leaked photos. So, until next time, may that Force thing remain around you as you go around Star Wars land. I'm Ken Napsuck. We'll see you next time.